finger from Percy. It's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. We've got a really good episode and some great special guests. So tonight we're doing Outlaw Country. Was that close enough, Adam? Outlaw Country. Yeah, old Mojo would have said it like that. We've got my good friend Keith Southern uh, here with us tonight. Keith, thanks for coming, making the trip from Sparkman. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Now, Keith plays bass in a band called Hash Brown, which I love, and thanks for the gifts, by the way. And uh, y'all do classic rock, a little bit of classic country, um, and you play... We add in uh, some uh, southern rock and some, you know, when the, the night gets later, we might throw in a Prince song, a George Michael song. You never know what you might hear That's towards cool. the end of the night. Very good. And you're playing at the Furniture Factory coming up soon. Uh, Friday, December 15th. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it. So check them out. Uh, we hope to have you playing in Alberville before you know it. So. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yep. Well, we're glad you're here. Appreciate it. And we've got our returning alumni Adam Nelson for this is your eighth number eight number eight we counted them up so that's good Percy good to see you with those lion eyes Wilkie's back here uh, on on pits and we're always glad when he's when he's with us so before we get started want to thank our sponsors uh, spices smokehouse crackers and busted oak bourbon society we appreciate everything y'all do for us so with that being said Percy did I get everything you did. How about that? Sometimes things happen. Let's. Do we want to mention our duties for next week? Yeah, we'll do that at the end of the show. Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right, so with all that being said, let's get into it. So we're going to start with honorable mentions. Percy, as always, goes first. What you got? Before my first honorable mention, I want to mention how the first person that used the term outlaw country, and it was Hazel Smith, and she was a writer in Nashville. And she was the first one that came up with that term. Okay. I did not know that. When I think of Hazel, I think of someone's aunt. Aunt Hazel. I think of our listening our listener Brandon Gibbons. Our buddy Brandon from Oxford, Mississippi. That's Daughter. Right. Or Ripley. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. Her her name's Hazel Ann Gibbons? Yeah. Initials oh, H A G. Oh. He slipped that one in. Yeah. That's good. That's okay. I'm leaving that comment alone. That's fine. All right. Okay. So my first honorable mention is a more modern artist, and I kind of wavered on this, but of the past 20 years, he's, my opinion, the best outlaw country artist. And it's Whitey Morgan yeah, in the 78s. Yeah. And the album I picked was Honky Tonks and Cheap Motels. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard this album with the heavy use of the steel guitars, it just it made me think that there's still life in country music. Yeah. I like Whitey. First time I saw him, he opened for Bob Seger. And then me and you went to see him. And that's a whole different story we won't get into. But it was a good time. And if you listen on this song, he does a song called, on this album, he does a song called Honky Tonk Angel. You almost think it feels like a Waylon song. Oh, yeah. The first time I heard it, I thought, that has to be a Wayland cover. Yeah. Whitey's got sort of a Wayland vibe for sure. Yeah. And my second one, a lot of people disagree with this because he was kind of mainstream. But part of the outlaw country thing is it started out as people wanting to record their own music mm-hmm. with their own musicians. 
in their own songs. They were tired of Nashville telling them what to do. But part of it is attitude mm-hmm. as well. And it's one of the reasons I went with this artist. And I took Merle Haggard. Okay. And I took his album Live from Austin in 85. And I've told this story many times. When he's recording it, the song Kern River, he wanted to record it. The executive producer said, I think that's about three times we've told you not to record this song. Right. And Merle said, well, I'm behind a couple of times telling you to kiss my ass. Right. <laughs> so, you know, kind of that, that was the attitude of Merle. I'm not going to take your crap, and I'm going to record what I want to. Mm-hmm. And he was an outlaw, served time in prison. Yeah, he, he spent time in San Quentin. I think that's a perfect pick for us. I mean, I'm, I can't think of a better. I mean, he was in prison. Outlaw movement. Yeah. Johnny Cash was the one that. Didn't he have like 38 number, straight number one hits, something ridiculous like that? He he was in prison when Johnny Cash performed, and Johnny Cash was motivated him to get out of prison yeah. yeah, and become a country artist. And my last one, there's probably a, a picture of him if you look up Badass in the dictionary, and it's David Allen Coe. Yeah, amen. And I'm doing the live at Billy Bob's album, and... You probably better hide the kids for this one because there's some... That's some of the dirty stuff on there. Well, no, not no dirty stuff, but there's some language in there. Well, he has some well, dirty songs. And that's too. what I'm going to say. Not many people, and we're not going to mention any of them, but not many people would be on the top of their game. Notice he looked at me when he said that? And he said we cleaned up our act. Yes. Would not be on the top of their game and just go to the opposite spectrum and just make an album of just total nasty songs. Yeah, he did. But that's what he wanted to do. And he was an outlaw. He rode with the outlaws, the and biker gang out of Florida. I believe they're out of Florida. Johnny Van right Zant from Skinner tells the story about they were on tour with him one time, and they got on his tour bus, and all of a sudden they heard this growling in the in the back of the bus, and he had tigers on the back of his yeah. bus. Was Mike Tyson driving the bus? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. So that's my honorable mentions. Those are good choices. All right. They are, and I like, I, I love the Whitey choice. I love the David Allen Coe choice. But I always think of Whitey during the COVID when he would just sit in his front room and strum a guitar. He did two yeah. shows. Yes. One was just Merle songs, and one was just Waylon songs. Those were awesome. They were great. Yeah. You can go still find those on uh, either Facebook or YouTube, and they are great. Right. Good stuff. I enjoyed them when I saw them. Good choices. All right, Adam, what you got? Call me Buck tonight. Buck. Outlaw. You know, I'm going to get a good outlaw name, right? Uh, Yeah, Django. And and Buck is not going to be mentioned tonight, so you call me Buck. At one point, I thought about creating a band called Buck Ugly, so uh, (laughs) that's a good name. Gentry loves Buck Owens, and he hates that he's not going to be on here tonight. So Thanks for that. You got it, man. Yeah. All right, I'm going to start. It's going to be a little different. Everybody's going to be like, wow. But my first honorable mention is a lady, and without her, there wouldn't be probably all one guy in our top five. Jesse Coulter. Boom. 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 Great I'm pick. going with the album I'm Jesse Coulter from 1977. It's just in your face. I'm Jesse one Coulter. One of my favorite songs, I'm Not Lisa. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't beat it. Yeah. You cannot beat it. And she has some other great music, too. Yeah. But if it wasn't for her keeping Waylon in line... There wouldn't be there you go. that whole bunch, probably. Go. Yeah, good choice. Thank you. All right. My next one is another newer guy. We say newer, he's been around for 20 years. 
from Alabama, Jamie Johnson. Good call. Yeah. Good. And call. I'm going with the guitar song from 2010. Okay. Great album. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I knew yeah. you liked that. Yeah. Love Jamie Johnson. My next one's really out here, and Cynthia's going to love this one because she's always accused me of having a crush on this lady. But when you say outlaw lady in the in the 70s and 80s, who do we think of? Tanya, Tanya Tucker. Tucker. That's Tanya, right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. And I'm going with her album, Would You Lay With Me in a Field Stone from 77. Written right. by? David Allen Coe. Yeah, the Jack. She was the first queen of, of outlaw country. That's right. Did what she wanted to do. And that album also had Delta Dawn on it. Yeah. What's that flower you got on? Mm-hmm. That's my three. That's good. All right, Keith. All right, good deal. So I went with uh, my honorable mentions. I went with uh, all modern-day country artists or artists. You know, it's debatable whether or not they're outlaw country or not. So y'all forgive me if you are, if you disagree with me. But uh, no, it's your list. Go for it. All right. So the first one I went with Shooter Jennings. Good call. The uh, son of Jesse Coulter, you mm-hmm. mentioned her earlier, and of course Waylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went with his album, Put the Old Back in Country. Good choice. Which he came out with in 2006. And I got to see him uh, in 2000. Actually, I think he may have come out with that album in 2005. But I saw him in Bonnaroo in 2006, and he rocked it. Is that the album that's got Southern Comfort on it? That's the one after it. Yeah. One after that. This one's got the 4th of July and all this that. This has got 4th of July. Uh, with George he, Jones. At he, the end. Oh, no, it's got Southern Comfort on it because uh, Jesse Coulter sang uh, Backup on it. I got that right here on my list. Faith Evans and Jesse Coulter mm-hmm. on mm. Southern Comfort. Um, for my number two, I consulted with my band members. And our drummer really wanted me to pick this guy, and I kind of had some reservations about it because, but he's wild. I went with Hank the Third. I think that's a good choice. <laughs> well, that, I think that is a good. Gotta, he we, is a pure outlaw. We got to give credit to Dave uh, Coward. All right, Dave. For that one. Good, good pick. Straight to Hell is the album, and y'all know Hank. Hank Three. He he looks and sounds like his granddaddy a lot. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but he's wild. He's buck wild. He had a punk rock band before he uh, mm-hmm. started doing kind of country. Well, and it's sad because he can make some really great country songs, but then he does what he wants to, which is outlaw, and he goes off the deep end and makes. Well, that, what he talked about that uh, punk rock too. Yeah. And my and I've been to see him, and I love. It. Ash Jack was the name of his punk rock band. <laughs> that's, that's right. Exactly Ash Jack. What Ash that Jack. shit is. It's. <laughs> That's about like hash brown. That's right. That's a good name. And I think sometimes he does shows where he does splits half and half half between punk and outlaw country or psycho Billy or whatever you want to call his style of music. Now that album, Straight to Hell, I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary, The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. But if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. It's about the D. Ray White and his Mm -hmm. family bunch of outlaws in West Virginia and uh, the songs from this album Pills I Took D-Ray White Does that album have Getting Drunk and Falling Down? Yes Just like a gospel song Yes <laughs> <laughs> It's got a lot of really uh, interesting songs on it if you guys want to check it out Yeah uh, He's a wild one Yeah Good choices Alright Now for my third and final one again it's 
it's kind of subjective whether or not this guy's outlaw country, but you can't argue with the fact that he's been incarcerated multiple times. Okay. And so I'm talking about Jelly Roll. Uh, that's true. Uh, now, he's kind of pop country a little bit, and I wasn't all in on him. I did get to see him last year perform. He kind of showed up at the Burt Crusher comedy tour, and just him and a guitar player. And he and he is talented. It was just him and a guitar player. And, and he's got an amazing voice, too. He does. He does have a good voice. Uh, you know, this is the one that's got... Uh, uh, it's got the, the big song that's popular right here, Need a Favor, where he's talking about, you know, uh, not being a good Christian, but when you find yourself at your lowest point, you ask God for a big favor. Sure. Uh, don't deserve a Savior, but God, I need a favor. That song, when I first heard it, I thought, man, that song, that's describing Jelly Roll's life to a T. Mm -hmm. And then one night, I was watching CMT videos, which I never do, and I saw the the CMT video for that song. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. No. But in the video, it's a guy whose daughter is in the hospital sick mm -hmm. and not doing well. And the guy looks like he probably hadn't, you know, necessarily lived the best life. And, and he is basically living out this song, like saying, yeah, I may not deserve a savior, but I'm gonna ask God for a favor. And I realized right then, and, and Face will know this, that that song is also about me. It is. It because is. my daughter was diagnosed with cancer uh, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of now have a emotional sure. re relationship that, that, that with that song. That one pulled you into that song. So now it kind of pulled yeah. me into the whole jelly roll thing. So now I'm kind of, I'm it's all It's funny in. you mention it because someone at uh, Murdoch at lunch today was talking about jelly roll. And like, I haven't done the dive yet. We started listening to a few things and like, man, the guy's pretty good. You can't you can't argue with his talent. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to like him at first, but I didn't I either, got, just the way he looked. I, I kind of like, got, I kind of bought in. Yeah, but once you hear him, you, you yeah. can easily be a fan. Well, that's my, that's my honorable mentions, guys. Good honorable mentions, good job. All right, my honorable mentions. I'm gonna start with one of my favorite artists and uh, a lot of people, no, don't know how to classify him, but I'm going with Sturgill Simpson, and he's an outlaw to me, and I'm going with the album High Top Mountain. To me, that's his greatest album. I mean, The Sailor's Guide to Earth is his concept album, and it's cool if you just want to, like, sail away, mm -hmm. but High Top Mountain, Sturgill Simpson, that's my first honorable mention. My next, the guy's already been mentioned, uh, but it's a different album. Going Jamie Johnson and that lonesome song. Another good album. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. I really think Jamie's wasn't solely responsible, but had a part of bringing back that sound, the outlaw country sound, because it had sort of died off a little bit, unless you dug to this, you know, pop country sound that uh, we listen that's on the radio currently. Yeah. So I think Jamie opened the door for my next honorable. Well, and I think Jamie was one of those people, modern people that had a couple of popular songs, right, and got where he needed to be. And he's like, I, nah, I don't, I don't yeah, need you anymore, Nashville. Yeah. His I first album, you. you know, that he sings about it in other songs. That, you know, that that really wasn't the music he wanted to do, but then it did well enough for him to give the establishment the finger and move right. on and do Jamie and, Johnson stuff. And he's not scared to do anything. No, he's not. Because he did like a whole album of uh, 
what's his name songs that Hank Conquer. Hank, Hank Conquer songs. Yeah. You know. He's not scared. He yeah. went to Jacksonville State University, so go game cards. There you go. We'll <laughs> beat go you next Cox. time, South Carolina. <laughs> Bastards. All right. So but he segues into opening the door to me, the way I see it, for my last honorable mention, and that's Chris Stapleton. So Great pick. Yeah. He, and I'm gonna go with Traveler. That's the one that put him on the map cleanly. Is that got his uh, redo of Tennessee whiskey on it? Yeah, and I I would take that album <laughs> and delete that one because it's been so overplayed, and that's not his song, as Percy will tell you. No, it's not. Yeah, the real King George. The real King George. Did yes, that. the real. Sorry, George Strait. Yeah, you're not King George. Yeah, George, George, George Jones. That's all right. So that's honorable mentions. I think we got some good ones out there. Uh, y'all remember, we'll have a. Uh, two different playlists coming out tomorrow, one on Apple, one on Amazon, and this is probably going to make for about, I'm guessing, 20 hours of outlaw country music, so it'll be it'll be really good to listen to. So, there we go. We're ready to start at number five. Percy, what you got? My number five is from a crazy Texan, and they called him the Wacko from Waco, mm. and it's the great Billy Joe Shaver. Oh, good choice. Was a great songwriter, and I took Live from Austin. And he once shot a man in a bar, and before he did, he asked him, where do you want it? <laughs> and Dale Watson famously I like that wrote a song called Where Do You Want It? And it was played at the trial for Billy Joe Shaver. How about that? He was never c- convicted of that. And later on, one of my earlier mentions, Whitey Morgan covered that song, Where Do You Want It? Where Do You Want It? I should have used that line where we when we were at the Swampers and Muscle Shoals. No, I don't I don't think you should have, but <laughs> That's a whole different story. And they were doing the recording session for Honky Tonk Heroes, which Billy Joe Shaver wrote most of the songs. He did. And Waylon gave him a hundred dollar bill and said, Give this to Billy Joe, tell him to get lost. And Billy Joe said, you can tell Waylon to take this $100 bill and shove it up his ass and twist it sideways. <laughs> that's a good story. Good stuff. All right. That's your number five. That's my number five. Good choice. Excellent. Adam, what you got for five? Well, I have a guy from Waco, Texas that's already been mentioned. How about that? How about that? Back to back. Billy Joe Shaver. But I'm going. I know he was an outlaw from way back with Waylon and all them. But I'm going with this album with his son from 1993 that rocked the you-know-what out of everybody. It's just called Shaver. It's got the, the it greatest George version. on a fast train. Yes. That, I mean, his it's son. It's got Live Forever. It's got Hottest Thing in Town. And his I son mean, committed suicide. He did. Uh, but and that album yeah. is just, it's on in the verge Texas. of being Southern rock. Yeah. All right. So y'all check that album out. And it'll be on the playlist. the playlist. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. All right. That's your five. Yep. What you got, Keith? All right. I got a guy that's already been mentioned. I got Merle Haggard. But different album. Okay. Mama Tried, 1968. Heck, yeah. So um, I, the thing I like about this, now we talked a little bit about Merle and his time in San Quentin and all that, and, and him and Johnny Cash being a big influence on him. Um, he's got some good songs on here. He's also got a cover of Folsom Prison Blues on this album. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I consulted my bandmates when I was picking my, my people, 
and Reese, our lead singer, our guitar player, Reese Rushton, he says, uh, when he, he encouraged me to pick this album, and he said this song, uh, Mama Tried, is a master class of reflection on prison, mama, and trains. And one of the things we got to keep in mind is that this all happened well before, you know, David Allen Coe and Steve Goodman's right. perfect country song. Um, but Merle, Merle had an infatuation with trains. Mm -hmm. Later on in his career, he did a whole oh, album, yeah. which was on our concept albums, that was totally about trains. Yeah. And he had toy trains all over his house. Do y'all play Mama Tried? Uh, we sometimes play Mama Tried. So was it three or four leagues there at the first? Where that song starts? Yeah. I mean, when you hear it, you know Mama Tried's coming on, which to me... You, you, you really can't need a you know, a lead guitar player to do that song right, or a steel guitar, mm -hmm. or somebody who can bend those notes like that. And we, we do acoustic rock, so it's a little bit tougher, but yeah, we do you. some, we, if it's requested, if you guys come and see us and you request, Mama Tribe will play it. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do that. What about Freebird? How many times has Freebird oh been God. yelled at you? We, we will do some Leonard Skinner, but we won't do Freebird. But how many times has someone yelled Freebird? They, they usually do that, and then, you know, we can play Simple Man, and it makes them happy. Yeah, that just <laughs> pleases them to yeah. quit doing that. Yeah. All right, good choices so far, guys. So far, All right. Man. My number five, I've been mentioned, just was Merle Haggard. Mighty Merle. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Merle? Uh, different album, though. I'm going with... My favorite Merle, and that's uh, Big City. Love great it. Song. Love it. Great Big song. City, and there's several great songs on that album. So I only left him off of my list because I thought Merle was mainstream country, but he did a lot of outlaw shit. I told him the first year earlier in the week, and that's the only reason I left him off here. So, Merle, I love you, buddy. Yeah. Well, outlaw country is so subjective. You know, it's kind of like we, you, I can't you know, fault you for leaving him out off and yet we put him on there. So it's all good. Yeah. True, true statement. Good. All right, number four, Purse. My number four is from a man who used to sing about Colorado Kool-Aid. And it's the great Johnny Paycheck. I knew he'd make this list. And the album is one of the greatest country albums, period, much less outlaw country albums. And I have this on vinyl and it's take this job and shove it. And he once shot a man in the forehead and just skimmed his skin. And he was such a badass. The Hell's Angels raised $50,000 for his bail. Damn. I didn't know that story. And when he got out, Waylon was waiting on him. George was waiting on him when he come out of jail. How about that? A true outlaw. Love it. All right. Good choice. Adam, no, get for you no word for word. Uh, y'all been, I mean, been hanging out together too yeah, much. Yeah. What you got? Well, I thought I had everybody with Johnny Paycheck. I mean, I picked the same album. Okay. You know, from 78. Um, and my only thing, when you think about law, you see that little bitty tough some bitch Johnny Paycheck <laughs> with a damn ear in his hand that he just lopped off, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what he sang about. As he's flipping his boss off, you and know, you know, here's job and yeah. He used to play. He was tough. He yeah. played bass for George Jones. Imagine yeah. that tour bus. Oh my God! But he did stop. He did start with some pop country stuff, you know. 
back. Well, then. that's how that's how they the pretty much yes. all started. A lot, a lot of country they had to get a pop hit. Yeah. And it had to make them enough money where they could give the bird finger That's to right. the establishment and do their own thing. And he went to prison during his recording career. And, and he also got, uh, he owed money to the IRS just like Uncle Willie did, you know. He did. I mean, he and, but David Allen Poe was his lifesaver. That's right. I mean. Yeah. Because when he wrote that song, or David Allen Coe, and he recorded Take This Job and Shove It, uh, Johnny, I think it was a... a May have been coal miners. I could be wrong about this, but we're on strike. And uh, auto workers, I believe. It was. Auto workers. And Johnny Paycheck was like the spokesperson for mm-hmm. him. He was on the front line, holding up signs. Mm-hmm. You know, because it made everybody. Everybody's had that feeling. Take this job and shove it. Yeah. And I and I love Daily. David Allen, <laughs> but David Allen couldn't do it like Johnny did. No, I mean, he's the man. That's his song. All right, great, great. Where are we? Keith. I think we're to me. Yeah. All right, so for number four, I, I got Hank Jr. Okay. All right, and my album that I picked is Family Tradition. Good one. And I figure we're going to talk about Hank Jr. tonight. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder, I hope. I think you already did. I'm sorry, bud. But uh, okay. uh, I want to tell you all about my wife, you know, I told I talked a little bit earlier. Well, I don't remember if I talked on on the podcast or not. My wife is from Iowa, right? And so, when she moved down here, we first started dating about '99, and we were freshly dating. And I said, "Hey, I want to take you to a Hank Jr. concert," and and she was like, "Okay, that sounds fun." So we went to see Hank Jr. and we got floor seats, and Hank Jr. came out, did an awesome show, got wildly drunk on Jack Daniels and um, just right in front of us this fight broke out between these two big burly I'd say biker looking guys right and uh, one of them pulled out a uh, whiskey bottle and broke it over the other guy's head glasses this is blood. a great time <laughs> exactly yeah glasses flying everywhere Hank's on stage singing you know he's drunk as a skunk and the security has to come and break it up and I remember once it all kind of settled down a little bit, I looked at her and I said, uh, honey, that's about as Alabama as it's going to get. <laughs> that's it. Are you she sh- got the full <laughs> experience. And I said, are you sure that you can handle all this? And she looked at me and smiled and said, hell yeah. And that's when I knew you had I was going to gonna ask her to marry me. That's good. <laughs> that was a good litmus test right there. Yeah. Yeah. Good story. So that's my Hank Jr. story. You sure it wasn't Jim Bean? It was Jack Daniels? Oh, it had yeah, been Jim Bain. It was Jim Bain. Where was the yeah. show at? It was at Huntsville. Bon Bon, oh. 1999. Adam, you were probably oh, I there. Was there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was probably the guy that got hit in the head with the Jim Bean bottle. I think security was more Jack. lax back in the days. You can't get a bottle of whiskey like that in a, in a show now, I don't oh, think. Oh, try me. Come with yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> try us. We'll get it in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah, ask Percy. All right. My number four. Hey, we've done this a couple times. Hank Jr. All right. All right. Different album, though. I'm going with Habits Old and New. It's my favorite Hank Jr. album. It's pretty much there's not a bad song on that darn album. So, And I struggled because I knew I was going to put Hank on the list. But what album do you pick, right? So Family Tradition was a great one. I'm sure there might be another one coming around the bend or not. But uh, I love Habits Old and New. So that's my number four. So... Great We're choice. at nitty gritty time. Number three, Percy. 
My number three is from the great is the great redheaded stranger himself, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, and he was one of the architects of the outlaw movement, in my opinion. Sure was because he wanted to record stuff his way in his songs, and Nashville wouldn't. Nashville almost got him into killing himself. He tried to kill himself one night in downtown Nashville. But luckily, he found Austin. And the the album I'm going with is Willie and Family Live. Good. I have this on vinyl. And anytime you hear Whiskey River on the radio, nobody wants to hear the studio album. 100%. Yes. And to me, that is a huge part of the outlaw movement is they could record music live the way they wanted to, but they couldn't in studio. Right. And they could take songs on their albums that sounded so-so, but when they did them live, I just challenge you to listen to the studio version of Whiskey River and then listen to Whiskey River live. It's not the same. It's barely the same song. You can hear the musicianship. You can hear uh, the the fired up energy in that version of the song. You're talking about the 1978 version uh, from Las Vegas. That's the best version of Whiskey River. That's great. This was from a lot of these he did from Harris, and it's my person my personal opinion. The best version was from Honeysuckle Rose. Yeah. And I have that album. That's a good soundtrack. But any live version he does of Whiskey River is so much better than the studio. Yeah. Yeah, and when you were a little boy, you used to sing it, too. I did. When I was maybe five, six years old, (laughs) I would go to bed singing Whiskey River. And it's sad that you know that. I've heard the story. Well, it's an awesome song. Yeah, it is. And I'm going to talk about it later. Good, (laughs) good, good, good. Because Willie was just one of the best and the architects of the the outlaw movie. Yep, and if you don't like Willie Nelson, something's wrong with you, man. I mean, at least like him as a dude, if you don't like his music. That's that's an American icon. He's 100%. 100%, he's on Mount Rushmore. And, talk about Willie being an outlaw, you know, I mean, he might be the only one on our list that's been in an actual gunfight. Okay. You know, you know he shot at his son-in-law. His son-in-law was apparently a uh, beating up his daughter. And so Willie went over there with a gun to straighten him out, and they took some shots at each other. I don't think anybody actually hit one another. Uh, But that's apparently how he got the nickname, Shotgun Willie. There we go. I did not know that story. Good stuff. Do you know that purse? Yes. And, you know, he was the only one when he flew. Not only him, but Trigger got a first-class seat. That's pretty crazy. And when the IRS came after him, he didn't give a crap about anything in his house. Except that damn but, guitar. But Trigger got shipped to his daughter's house. Yeah. And luckily for us, he made some great Taco Bell commercials to help. <laughs> he did, and he sold the Willie Nelson IRS tapes. Remember that? And that was on like uh, public television selling his CDs to get him out of... And all the proceeds went to the IRS. Right. I mean... I don't want to say anything else about the IRS. Okay. <laughs> it's just safer not to say anything. All right, Adam. Who's David three? A- David Allen Coe. 
and I'm going with a different album, Rides Again from 1977. That's a good one. And it will not be on the playlist because it's not on Apple or Spotify, but it's one of his best albums. But we, it may be on Amazon. It could be. So I'll... It's got the reprise to Willie Whalen and me. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll make sure if it's on Amazon. Laid, on, laid back and wasted. You name it. Good stuff. Great album. All right, Keith. My number three is Waylon Jennings, and uh, we've kind of been hinting at Waylon all night, talking about, uh, we've talked about his son and his wife. Uh, I've got, the album was really hard to pick, so uh, I picked I've Always Been Crazy. Good choice. Um, which is a great song. Also, that album has Don't You Think This Outlaw Bits Done Got Out of Hand, mm-hmm. which is a, a great story uh, when, you, when you get down to the story of... Uh, you know, Waylon was uh, really heavily into cocaine. Yeah, about 30, 30 grand a week. 30 grand a yeah. week. And uh, the cocaine was delivered to a uh, studio where he was working on a Hank Jr. album, I believe, at the time. He was a producer, not just a singer and a performer. And uh, so when the feds came in to bust him, they uh, the, the guy that was in the studio pressed the button so that Waylon could hear what was going on and they started flushing all the drugs down the toilet. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's when he came up with, don't you think this outlaw thing yeah. just got out of hand? Yeah. yeah. They're so flushing, we're flushing coke. It kind of got out of hand. It and, did. And, uh, and, and that's kind of where that song came from. I, I don't know, That was it was a tough call to pick the album though. He's just got so many great albums. He does. He doesn't have a bad one. Well, his drummer, Richie Holbrook, asked him, he's like, how much would this this much coke cost us? And he's like, about thirty thousand dollars. He's like, you don't want that much. And then Wade was like, yeah, get it. <laughs> That's hilarious. And we have a dear friend that we've mentioned several times. Oh yeah, JP. He actually snorted cocaine with Waylon on his bus. Yeah, I'd have a hat made or a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, what an experience that must have been. All right. My number three, I'm going. You, you, it's already been mentioned. It's Willie Nelson, but I am picking the Redheaded Stranger album. That's his. To me, that's his masterpiece. Um, it's a great album. I love it. It's made the podcast uh, at least another time for 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 like greatest country albums. It made greatest country albums, uh, and it made. Uh Concept album. Yeah, it did. It sure did. Concept album. But it's a great album. Sticking to and it. And another note about that album. If you listen to that all the way through, listen for the playing of Sister Bobby in that album. Yes, yes. Because I got to see her. Willie before Sister Bobby died. And you listen to that album and just listen for Bobby's parts. Yeah. She was a great piano player. She sure was. Yeah. And still kicking, isn't she? She passed away. Oh, was that this past year? Mm, last year or year before okay. when she yeah, passed away. Too long ago. Yeah. The piano was prominent on that album because I was listening to that on the way here. Well, there's an instrumental song, yeah. maybe one or two instrumental songs on that album that she does, and she just kills it. Very good. All right, we're getting down and dirty. Number twos. Percy, what's your number two? My number two has already been mentioned, and it's Rockin' Randall Hank. The great Bo Cephas. Yeah. What and album did you pick? I picked Hank Williams Jr. and Friends. We knew you would. Oh, yeah. Because this was the album, in my opinion, where he first really got to start recording the music that he wanted to record and the way he wanted to record it. 
I mean, there's right. some covers on that, but he he but they're great. He picked them. I mean, he did uh losing you. Losing you was a Marshall Tucker song. Can't you see? Yes, can't you see? He did Susan's Floor, which yes. was a Gordon Lightfoot song, mm-hmm. and he he does a great job. But those were the songs that he wanted on that album, and and it was. Talk about people that want to record their own music in their own way. He probably had a bigger struggle than anybody because of his mother. Mm. All yeah. she cared about was him singing his daddy's songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard for him to get out from under that. Right. And thank God for all of, and this was this album was actually recorded before he fell off the mountain. Mm-hmm. They recorded this album and then he went for a little yeah, rest, respite, and but thank goodness for us that he got to record his own music. Absolutely, yeah, agree, hundred percent. All right, great choice, Adam. What you got? Hoss, Hoss. This is gonna be Waylon. <laughs> He's already been mentioned, but a different album. Lonesome, Ornery, and Me. That's a good choice. Seventy-seven. No, wait a minute, that was seventy-three. Yep, it doesn't get any better. No, it doesn't. No, good choice. Keith, what you got for number two? I got uh, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison, 1968. Oh. Excellent choice. Yeah, I love Johnny Cash. And that song that starts that starts off that album, Folsom Prison Blues, to me, that's just the iconic country and western song. Well, you know, a lot of people, and Percy and I had this conversation because Johnny is an outlaw. I mean, he is. He was but that well, that's right. He was very traditional in some of yeah. his country music, and then he did a lot of covers later on, but he is an outlaw. Yeah. And when he's doing this show at Folsom Prison, I mean, he's kind of like sticking it to the man. Oh, yeah. The you bird know? finger. Yeah. I mean, the guy the guy has some balls to get up there. When he talks that. about, he asked, he asked for a cup of water, mm-hmm. and he said, the last cup of water I got fell out. He said it tasted like it ran off of Luther's boot. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just sticking it to the guards throughout the whole show, and the the prisoners are eating it up. Oh yeah, yeah. They loved it. It's a great album, um, and it's one of our favorite songs to play in Ash Brown. We we generally we start every gig with Folsom Prison Blues. I love it. It's a good way to start. We need to go to the furniture factory. Sounds like, y'all come yep. on out, man. Sounds like a road and trip. And I love the scene from I Walk the Line where they're doing cocaine blues. Yeah. And there's like there's actually a glass of water on top of that amp, and it's just bouncing up and down. Yeah. Good stuff. Good choice. All right. My number two, he's been mentioned, Waylon Jennings. But you know what? I've got a different album. For some reason, we've picked... Uh, similar artists, but we've all had different albums. So I'm going with my favorite. Percy will know what it is, and it's Honky Tonk Heroes. Right. Love the album. It's a country. It's a masterpiece. Not only a country. It's Written just by a Billy Joe mostly, sang by Waylon, and uh, I love the the single Honky Tonk Heroes is my favorite Waylon song. So that was one of the songs that Billy Joe got pissed because his version was like really slow. Right. And he got so mad when Waylon sped it up. And Waylon killed He had his own sound when he did shit like that. Yeah, he did. And you know it. As soon as you hear it, you know Mm -hmm. it's Waylon coming on. All right, guys. We're at our numero unos. Percy, what's your number one outlaw country artist and album? My number one has already been mentioned, and it's the great Waylon Waymore. 
Walt Tosha Jennings. There we go. And I'm picking the Waylon Live album. Yeah, it's good. Which was done three years before Wanted the Outlaws. Most people don't realize that. And this has got several of his album songs that he did were like, uh, these songs are so-so on the album. But when you listen to them live, mm-hmm. one of the, my favorite songs is when he does You Can Have Her. I don't want her. And she didn't love me anyway. And that's the such a great life song that he just nails. And even before the outlaw movement, he had a brief stint with a couple of hits. And in 1970, he walked out on the CMAs. Hmm. They wanted him to sing part of his song. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And they said, well, we don't need you. And that's when Waylon said, well, I realized that they don't need me, so I left Nashville. There we go. And, you know, he wasn't a went. Willie was the one that got him to go to Austin. Yes. And Richie Albright tells this story. They, he calls him to Austin. And uh, they get out there, and there's a bunch of hippies out there. And Waylon looks at his drummer, Richie Albright, and he says, you go get that redheaded son of a bitch. What's he got me into? <laughs> yeah. And it turned out to be the best. Yeah, the the, the Austin scene with uh, Willie and Waylon. And I have to tell this story because it was, it was, became one of his famous stories when he got a new agent and they sent him to, it was a place called Maxis, Kansas City which was in New York City. Bunch of hippies there. And a guy stood up and said, who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm Waylon goddamn Jennings. And he said, this is country music. And if you don't sit down and shut up, we will kick your ass. Yeah, that's a true story. And, well, Waylon probably would have done that too. Oh, he's a big old oh, yeah. boy. No doubt. And yeah. I, that, I will die on this island. There's no greater outlaw than Waylon Jennings. Yeah, hey man, good call. Adam, number one for you. We're going to go back to 1979, black and white, whiskey bent. I knew you'd have him. I didn't know what album it was going to be, though, but I knew that would be your your one. I mean, it's even got Outlaw Women on it. It does. You like that song. It is a great choice. The conversation with Waylon. You know, I almost picked The Pressure's On. Another great one. It's just so hard to, to pick a Hank Jr., you know. So, anyway, good choice. Great number ones. Keith, what's your number one? All right, my number one has already been mentioned. Uh, it's Willie Nelson, and uh, it's the same album that Percy picked, but it's a great album, and that's uh, Willie and Family Live. Great. Now, um, that version of Whiskey River just kicks ass. Yeah. And it's a weird song. It's one of my favorite songs to play live because... Um, you know, he, he starts off with that with that guitar, and it's exactly 11 notes. You know, just boom, 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 11 times, no more, no less. And then he goes straight into the chorus, which is kind of weird for a song to hit you with the chorus. And the chorus of Whiskey River is like this rockin', bluesy mm-hmm. chorus that's just got tons of energy. And that's the live version, not the studio version. And Willie didn't write that song. No, he, he didn't. And Willie is a songwriter, but this this song is it was written by it uh, was written written by Johnny Bush. Yeah, and it, if I can quote the 
great Charlie Monk from Sirius Radio. Without Johnny Bush, as a day without sunshine. <laughs> there we go. So Whiskey River, it starts off as this wild, raucous, uh, bluesy rock song. And then when he gets into the verse, it's it's very much a country song. It's got that country. It is. With the TikTok bass beat on it. It's just, and, and Trigger is really through it. Trigger's rocking in that song. Well, it... it Willie Nelson without Trigger, I don't know what he would do. So I don't know what would that's happen. A, that's a great it. statement. Yeah. I mean, Willie without Trigger, what would that have been like? It wouldn't be the same. Or his harmonica player. What's well, his name? Uh, no, uh, most people think about Shut me off right electric there. guitar is a tone. Mickey Raphael. It's, you know, but he had a tone with that acoustic guitar. Of course, it was a classical guitar Exactly. without which it didn't have a, a pick guard, and that's why all the holes are in it now. Yeah. Because he, he played and it And if like you that. watch Willie over the years, that hole has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And they work on it, like, almost every week, trying to fix it and keep it playing. Yeah, but to, until he's gone, and then yeah. it'll be in the Smithsonian, I guarantee you. That yeah. guitar is probably worth more than any guitar that's ever been auctioned off I yeah, must say. I would agree. Clapton auctioned that. off all of his for the Crossroads Festival and brought a great man Jim Ursay that owns a Colts. He's a guitar freak and he buys all these guitars but I'm going to say that one will bring more than any Yeah. You know he gave Jimmy Johnson one just like it and he's beating the hell out of it and getting all the same stuff it, it, they really resemble each other I don't know if y'all ever noticed it or not no, I hadn't, but I'll be paying attention yeah, now. That's cool. That album, William Friends Live, it's just got a lot of great people on there, too. You know, Amy Lou Harris is singing back. Yeah, she's up. A, uh, Johnny Paycheck comes out. They Johnny do Take Paycheck. This Job and Shove It. Uh, they do a song uh, which we really like. They do uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. That's a great one. Yeah. And uh, that's Hash Brown's closing song. Okay. I love that. All right. Yeah. We're going to have y'all here in town, but we're going to try to see you before then. All right, sure. let's make it happen. Yeah, definitely. All right, my number one is the DAC, David Allen Coe. Hey. To me, he's my outlaw. He ran in a biker gang called the Outlaws. He's been to prison. He's beating people up. He's probably cut somebody. Uh, he's a mean sucker, and I'm going with Once Upon a Rhyme. So that's the what album. that? Man, it was sometime in the 70s. Okay. Don't quote me. Does that got Jody like a melody on it? No, it's got, you never even. Oh, you never yeah, even call me by my thing. Yeah, yeah. So, darling. Darling. And if that ain't country, he'll kiss your ass. That's right. It is a fun song. So, mm -hmm. fun to sing. Yeah. So, guys, that was uh, honorable mentions and top fives. Y'all did good. Does anybody want to give any shout outs before we get into a little piece of business here? Keith? I'll just do a shout out to my wife, Angela, and my daughter, Kaylee. Great. Adam? Hank Jr. <laughs> Hank? I know he's from Adam. Yeah. He probably is. Purse? Waylon. Yeah. I love well, you, Waylon. Wilkie, you got anything? Hey, you're all good. Wilkie's all good. Well, he says good. he loves you, Candy. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to my wife, Amanda. Love you. I'll see you uh, soon, I hope. And <laughs> so next week we're doing, uh, for Veterans Day, which is Friday, we're going to follow up and do a a Veterans Day episode, and it's going to be songs by veterans. So think about that. That's Elvis, that's Jimi Hendrix, that's a whole bunch of guys that were in the military. 
So we're going to have Jim Palmer, who is a retired uh, Army colonel, come on and join us for that. Uh, we also want to give I want to give a shout out to Russell and Victoria from uh, Wendy's, and they're hanging our banner up in Wendy's now with the QSB banner, and then give you a rundown on what we got going on next week, and invite you to to come see us. Uh, we are teaching three or four podcast classes at the middle school next week. Uh, so Percy's writing the curriculum for that. Professor uh, Percy? Professor Percy. I was never good in school, so we're going to let Percy do most of it. Um, we are calling, we're calling our first basketball game, the Avril High School girls and boys varsity game, we're calling Tuesday night. We're going on QSB Tuesday morning with uh, Holly and Barry. Really looking forward to that. And then Wilkie, Percy, and I are going to judge the floats at the uh, Christmas parade Thursday night. So we got a busy week coming up, and uh, but the podcast is going to be an, a, a really good one. I think it's it's going to be interesting to have to dig up who these veterans were that uh, actually performed. So that's all I got, guys. Keith, thanks for coming. I hey, know you thanks made for the having trip. me, guys. Yeah, come back again. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Well, Adam, as always, the champ. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so we'll talk to y'all next week, and all I got to say is bye-bye.